0: The pride of Westinghouse. They're so happy to have you with us. EJ, although I know you're in mourning, what the heck happened in that game seven against Dallas? Uh, look, it's just a perfect storm.
1: Uh, the beautiful part about sports, and you know this, you covered it basically your entire life, still look like you're 20 years old, uh, <laughs> is that when you think you know, it jumps up and bites you. And... The one thing I will tell you is that the Dallas Mavericks, I think, had the second-best record next to the Suns since the first of the year. A lot of people didn't know that. Uh, Defensively, they were one of the top defensive teams in the league. And although we were dominant, we won 64 games, uh, we were vulnerable. And we were vulnerable in in a few areas. One, on, on the glass, our rebounding had really had a downtick. And then, two, you know, we had some inconsistency in regards to our, our scorn, uh, especially off the bench. And, and so when those two things went south for us in the series, not just game seven, uh, after going up 2-0, too uh, Dallas took advantage of it. And defensively, they were very aggressive. Uh, they took us out of everything that we wanted to do in regards to getting Devin Booker open for certain things and then Chris Paul. And the other guys, you know, quite honestly, didn't step up. You know, and look, I, I think I can make a comment on that because you know, i start started five, six years in the NBA. I, I went to the bench and I, I became a top reserve, one of the top six men. And it takes a lot of pressure to play that role. And we just didn't have some guys step up, and Dallas did. You know, Spencer Dinwiddie, twenty-one points in the first half, of Game Seven. So, you know, any it was like a college game, right? We've seen it before. You know, it's the seventh game of the NBA playoff series, but it's actually now one and done, you know, and and Dallas played the perfect game.
0: Well, it was shocking how quickly things turned around and and went bad for the Suns. I mean, uh, Chris Paul and Booker, not only did they not make any shots, they couldn't even get a shot off in the first half.
1: Yeah, it was kind of weird, but they were doubling Devin. Uh, And Devin, to his credit, uh he had learned to just trust his teammates give up the ball if he's double teamed. so he wasn't doing anything out of the ordinary for him in that regard but probably should have pressed forward a little bit more uh this team had a bravado about it that you know they could always come back from a deficit uh even when they struggled, they'll find a way to get back in the game and it just didn't happen i mean again it just you know it was it was a disease man It was like everybody couldn't make a shot. And before we looked up, they're down 30 points at halftime. I think about six minutes to go in the second quarter, I think we were down 10 or 12. With six minutes to go, and they turned that 10 to 12-point lead into a 30-point lead at halftime. And By then, it's over. I mean, it was just no way. You can come back from 20 down, but it was just virtually impossible to be able to come back from 30.
0: I wanted to ask you, I'm sure you were sitting down near the floor. Did uh, Chris Paul foul you? Because I think he fouled everybody else in the whole building.
1: Yeah, well, again, they were attacking him. uh, And he was compromised. And it's something that, you know, you're you're taught not to talk about. And I still don't even know what was really bothering him physically. But obviously something was bothering him. Uh, And you don't want to give any ammunition to the opponent. And so, you know, But Chris Paul was a guy, man, that he would go three quarters and then take a shot. I mean, we won 64 games with him playing that way. But when we needed him to score, he's one of the best fourth quarter scorers in the game. And so it's no shock when he's not taking shots early in games. Uh, But they just got out of rhythm. That's all I can tell you. Like If they played Dallas uh, 10 more times, they'd beat them eight more times. You know, it just so happens that they Dallas got them at the right time, man. They won two straight games, and they were able to win the series.
0: Well, Dallas got a rough ride in game one of the finals. Uh, who do you like among the four teams that are left, uh, Dallas and Golden State, Miami and Boston? I think it's a crapshoot.
1: I really do. And people might think I'm crazy based on what they saw uh, the Miami uh, first game against Boston, and they won. And then last night with Golden State. Well, I just remind people, uh, the Suns were up 2-0. Right. Milwaukee was up 3-2 at home. You know, the beautiful part about a series is every game is its own entity. So just because somebody wins by a bunch in one game doesn't mean it's going to be duplicated. Heck, we beat Dallas by 30 in game five, and they beat us by almost 30 in game six. So it just doesn't matter. Uh, it's about rhythm. And last night, if you watched the Dallas game, they missed probably. They had maybe about eight or nine open threes last night that they just missed. Yep. If they make those shots, they got a chance to be in the ball game, and have a chance to win. That's how close it is to go the other way. And so I don't count on them missing those shots. I don't count on Luka Doncic having a subpar game. So they'll make adjustments and, and they'll be better. And, and I I foresee this being a tough series. Uh, yeah, obviously, you can look at Golden State and say they're the favorite because of their experience and the fact they got Steph Curry on that team. But I just wouldn't write off Dallas right now. They've been down this road before, uh, and it's not going to bother them. And then Miami and Boston. Look, Boston came in as one of the hottest teams in the league, best defensive team in the league. And they start the series without Marcus Smart and without Al Horford. Uh, both of those guys will be, probably be in the lineup tonight. I know Al Horford will. Uh, Marcus Smart's no way he's sitting out this game, so they'll be in the lineup tonight. And look, they had they had they were up thirteen points there in the first half. I know so they, they were. They were down by a bunch, and then they got back to within three. If they had Al Horford and Marcus Smart, I don't see you know uh, Miami really holding them off like they did. And so it's going to be a very good game. Jimmy Butler at forty-one uh he's been playing fantastic uh th- third time this playoff he's had 40 but i'm not buying he's gonna run, run that back and i just think boston has too much offensive firepower than miami and i can see
0: boston getting back in the series and ultimately win tell us what else you're doing eddie besides working for the suns and uh doing analysis on the radio
1: well i mean I, well you know a lot of my family members call me in jamaica and they say i got so many jobs and, and that's true i <laughs> Look, I've been working since I was 14 years old. It's ingrained in me. I love to work. I'm 63, uh, not getting tired at all, enjoying life, and I have a national radio show. Uh, It's called NBA Today on Sirius XM NBA Radio, uh, 4 to 7 Eastern Time, uh, five days a week uh, with Justin Termini. It's a very uh, combustible show, if you haven't heard it, Uh, but it's all NBA. Uh, for three hours, uh, just all MBA. And so I'm doing that. And, and then, then obviously I'm busy with a lot of stuff where, you know, you got to give back to the community. And I've always felt that way. I have a nonprofit. Uh, it's called Helping Hands for Single Moms. And what we do is we send moms to college, pay for their education, take care of their kids, make sure that they're comfortable in their home so they can be the hero. And we've sent hundreds of, kid, uh, hundreds of, of, of parent, mothers to uh, college where they've gotten their degree and they're doing well in life. And so uh, I do a, a major event once a year uh, surrounding that, but we do events all during the course of the year. And so my heart's in that. And then, you know, just lately, man, just, you know, being active on boards and, you know, and I never thought a kids from Chicago then. Like <laughs> I grew up in the inner city of Chicago, as you know, on the west side, and I dreamed a lot about what I wanted to do. And it's just a blessing for me and I pinch myself all the time that I've been able to meet people and do things uh, that I just never thought that I would be able to do as a young kid growing up in the neighborhood. and Just being on the being on major boards of tech companies and stuff like that. Man, it's just it just lets me know, man, I did the right thing. And uh, chasing that education was definitely something
0: that I was determined to do when I got my degree. And so I'm just loving it, man. Uh, you and I are in the same uh, boat in that regard. I've been a lucky guy, too, and I'm uh, getting ready to hang it up next week. Uh, I know. I did want to ask you, as a guy who scored almost 20,000 points in his NBA career, do you ever look at the numbers these guys are making, 40 million, 45 million, and think, man, I was born about 35 years too soon? Yeah.
1: I mean, I want you to go through a period where you think about that. Uh, and then you say, you know what, I'm going to stay in this game. I'm not going to make what they make, but I'll make good money. And, and that's just been my mindset. I, I don't walk around being upset or envious of these guys. Uh, we laid the table for them. I, the only thing I always ask of them is to just make sure that you understand the history of the game, you recognize the guys that laid the path for you to be able to make this kind of money that you make. Uh, and I hold them accountable without a doubt, whether it's on Twitter or whether it's on my radio show. Uh, and I just want them to understand that part of it, but don't want anything from them. Good for you that you're getting paid like crazy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, people do run numbers on me all the time based on what I what I did and how I played. I mean, I, I probably left about two hundred million on the table. <laughs> 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 I get mad at my mom all the time. It's her fault. I tell her it's her fault.
0: <laughs> Funny. Hey, well, I, you obviously you've had a terrific uh, career in the league and then beyond the league. Uh, but I know there are so many people out there that still look at you and say, that's the guy that made the shot that beat Michigan State when they were number one and undefeated with Matt.
1: Yeah, I look, I, it's one of the best iconic moments, obviously in my life to be able to do that, to leave something behind. And I like to think I did that at every stop that I've been at uh, and that's, that, that to me is impactful. Like, you know, attending Westinghouse High School, I would like to think I left a legacy there to where kids in the neighborhood wanted to go to Westinghouse and have success. And, you know, so kids after Mark Aguirre and Skip Dillard and Bernard Randolph and uh, Willie Johnson, Taylor Kennedy, uh, Tommy Smith, uh, all the guys I'm just running off that were teammates of mine in high school uh, that, uh, you know, I just love Tyrone Wilson, can't leave him out. Uh, and if I missed anybody, guys, you know, I'm old. I can't remember everybody. But, uh, you know, look, uh, Frank Lolino, Roy Condotti. Uh, Frank passed away years ago. Roy Condotti is still a, a very good mentor of mine. Bob Myers. All those people, Janice Gerke, uh all those people, man, put put it on me to be able to leave something, and I did. I go to Illinois, man, and Lou Henson, Became a father figure for me, Tony Yates, uh, Les Wiki. Uh, those guys became father figures for me, and they taught me the game of basketball. And my my sophomore year, man, I I did something that was special in Illinois history, and they don't forget about it. We beat Magic Johnson and Big Mighty Michigan State uh, on a weekend where the crowd was there. Everyone from everywhere came to that game, uh, and they saw me make a game winning shot. Uh, so, no, I mean, that's – you know, that, that – I have the video of it, grainy as it is, uh, but I, I love it. Uh, I love what happened. I love the fact that 100,000 people were actually at the game now because that's how many people come up to me over the years and said they were there. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, Illinois was great for me, man. I wouldn't do anything different. I know I tell a story that Magic and I were very good friends in high school after traveling around to a lot of All-Star games, and he really tried to get me to join him at Michigan State. And it was very close. It really was. But my heart was staying close to the home. Uh, I loved what was going on in Illinois. I loved Lou Henson. And if I didn't go there, then I wouldn't have met my wife, Joy. So, <laughs> you know, even though I tell her I probably would have saw her in the stands if I had came back from Michigan State. But uh, everything worked out, man. I got my education. Illinois people have been great to me over the years. And so, yeah, everything's great. Yeah,
0: but hold on. You're getting ready to hang
1: it up,
0: man. How many years is this now? Um, counting the years in Champagne would be yeah. just over 45. 45 years. Yeah. Man, and you still – and you look like you're 50, man. That's amazing. I don't feel like I'm 50, especially today after uh, walking 18 holes in the rain at Beverly yesterday. My That's knees cool. are killing me. Anyway. What did you shoot, though? That's all I want to know. That wasn't bad.
1: Well, you, you, come out to Phoenix. Now you definitely got to come out. You know, when you retire, you got to come out to the land of the sun and the beautiful golf courses and hang out with EJ. And I'll take you out there on the links and see what you got. Okay. Amen. I'd, I'd
0: <laughs> love to do it. I that was going to ask you how your game is, but I know it's good.
1: I'm about a nine, I'm about an eight handicap. Uh, and I wish I, 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 at one point I was lower. I love the game of golf. Uh, it's the only thing that really has taken the place of obviously me giving up basketball. I don't touch a basketball. I haven't touched a basketball in probably three years. Uh, But the last time I went in the gym, I couldn't miss. The the shooting will never go away. Uh, But, you know, I I miss, I miss, I miss hooping. I miss playing, but golf is my love right now. And I love playing it. Uh, And it's always good to, you know, just, you know, go back and just, you know, check out the past and, and see guys that I played against and, and talk to It's just amazing.
0: Well, you, I mean, you've had an incredible life uh, in and out of basketball, no doubt about it. Um, when these kids that go to Westinghouse now or go to school in the city are facing all kinds of obstacles, um, guys like you are the guys that can stand up there and they can take a look at you and see that it can be done. You got to work hard, but it can be done. You got to change your life. You really do. I mean, I tell
1: people this story all the time. I have a book out, too. It's called You Big Dummy. My picture's on it. You can go to, <laughs> you can go to Amazon and get it. Uh, and it basically tells my story growing up. But it also tells the ups and downs of my life in regards to getting to my dream. And uh, and so, you know, in that book, I talk about, you know, the commitment that I made to to really enhance my basketball game, like in high school. I never saw daylight during the course of a season. Uh, we were up at 5.30 a.m. in the morning, in the dark, uh, going to school, uh, running, and working on our games. And then after, we would stay there and obviously practice. And then by the time I got home, it was dark. And that was four years. I went to one dance in high school. That was my senior problem. That's it. I gave my life up for the game. And guess what? It rewarded me. And that's just what I tell young kids. It's like, You know, you have to be different if you want success. And I have to admit, that's what helped me because there was so many people trying to pull me different ways and getting me off track. You know, you growing up in the city uh, and I was just one of those guys. You talk to anybody that knew me, anyone that knew me, high school, college. They didn't see me. I was committed to doing what I needed to do to make it. And, and give myself a chance and not just basketball just get my degree you know if I didn't make it in basketball I'd be a lawyer today without a doubt I'd be a lawyer and so that was just always my mindset and uh, my mom raised me right man she's 92 years old she lives out here in Phoenix and I'm just trying to reward her every day of my life man because if it wasn't for her there's no way I would have made it congratulations to you man first that's a Thanks. tremendous career. I, I mean that too. I mean, like I, I've been knowing you all my life, basically, <laughs> and and so I mean, you basically taught me how to actually conduct an interview. I mean, and just you know how to get stuff out of me when you interviewed me. I mean that that was impactful for me. Uh, and Taylor Bell, who you know, I mean, I, I, I you know, I mean, if it wasn't for guys like you, uh, you know. I don't know how I would have been able to, cause I was such a shy kid, but it was just your niceness, man. And just how you approach me and your enthusiasm. Uh, it just really was a magnet for me. And I, I'm not saying that. Cause we're talking. I mean, I truly mean that. I mean, it's you were very impactful for me and just to put in the years that you have and you know, you on the flagship station up there for my Cubs used to be. I don't know what happened to them. But, but still, uh, just to be able to know you, Dan, over the years, man, I appreciate you, man. Thank you very much.
0: Well, gosh, that's awfully nice of you to say. Uh, much appreciated. I, you know, I was going to say, we would come out there for spring training, you know, and one of the years we rented a house, I think it was out in Fountain Hills or close to there, uh-huh. and right next door to your mom's house.
1: Yeah, yeah, she's
0: we, there. She's in Scottsdale. Yeah. yeah. We were yelling at her a couple nights. She told us <laughs> to be quiet. We were making too much noise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I, that was my well, – hold it. That's right, in Scottsdale you were. Yeah,
0: yeah. Right, yeah. next. okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so funny. Hey, man, thanks for all the nice words. I appreciate it. And uh, Oh, yeah. Congrats to you on all that's happened to you, man. You're doing a great job out there.
1: All right. I appreciate you, Dan. And
0: All right. uh,
1: I don't know what you you're not gonna just go sit down somewhere, man. So whatever you get caught up in and what you're doing, man, enjoy it, man. This we put the, we put the work in on our life now, man. So it's time to enjoy it.